Thank you for listening to Digital Transformation SCM by Symphony. I am your host, Dan Boone. Hi, Dan. How are you? Hi, Dan. I'm good. It seems that we do have the same name, except <laughs> that yours is Daniel and mine is Danilo. Yes. Right. <laughs> good to have you here on the show today. You know, uh, Dan, you have been a logistics practitioner for many, many years. So maybe you want to share with us, the listeners, what do you do and how far have you gone? Well, as you said, I am a logistics practitioner for the past, well, three decades. The first uh, 10 years was basically engineering and production. But the next 30 years was focused in uh, logistics or supply chain. I do also consultancy, design, and I conduct training for a lot of companies. And being a practitioner, I design solutions, processes, uh, processes, and design warehouses, trucks, and transport hubs. Design and match physical processes with systems because there are a lot of people think that implementing a system, you just copy what you have, you know. But I will explain that a little bit later on. Mm -hmm. And thanks for sharing your experience. And we also understand, you know, that you have a consulting uh, agency, uh, Canada Asia Consulting. Maybe you want to share with us a little bit about that. And what are some of the initiatives that you bring to the supply chain and logistics industry? Well, Canada Asia Logistics Consulting Incorporated was uh, um, incorporated in 2010. So that was 11 years ago. And most of my customers are in Indonesia. Okay, I will not mention the customers. I'll just mention the industries. Uh, one customer is in the um, garment manufacturing down to retailing this uh, uh, garments. Okay, right. they have a multitude of brands. Yeah. Uh, another company is in um, retail, okay, supermarket industry. And these two companies, I did two years of consulting with the garments company, another two years with the, um, the retail company. Okay. I also have another, uh, other customers in the warehouse uh, development or the, mm -hmm. uh, the REIT company or the real estate investment trust companies that right. design warehouses mm -hmm. and facilities. And I give them advice on how to design it from the point of view of logistics. Right. So that's what I do. Aside from that, I also practice logistics through third-party logistics companies. Mm. Right. So these are some of the consulting services that you provide and the initiatives that you bring. Maybe then can you share with us a little bit about the automation that you also offer to the supply chain and logistics industry in terms of AI and automation? Uh, if you look at the uh, automation, let's say in uh, countries like the Philippines or Indonesia or any developing country, okay, it is totally different when you approach countries like China or Hong Kong or Singapore or developed countries. Totally different approach because you have to look at uh, your uh, costings, your costs, your um, demographics and your geography okay so if you look at Indonesia a lot of people will really look at it very very small but you convert everything to numbers should be surprised okay and uh, 
automation application and say Indonesia compared to a developed countries would be totally different because labor is still very uh, affordable compared to say Singapore. Labor would be around eight to possibly even 10 times cheaper than labor in Singapore. So automation in Singapore can happen immediately. In Indonesia, what can we do when we think about automation? What initiatives uh, have I done in the past? Okay, when we think of automation, we usually think of industrial machines. You know, all of these right. robots running all over the place. Okay, I think of them as the control behind these machines. Right. How do you program? How do you create the logic behind it so that systems automation can be done? because this kind of automation is different. I would like to call it as decision automation. Right. You see, um, it's like the if then of a coding or a diamond decision point of a flow charting, okay? So if you wanted to do something, there would be a question. You go yes mm -hmm. or no. Yeah. Then a decision is made based on certain parameters. Those decisions are made because you can have a complex, a, 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 a huge complexity with this, with a lot of if-then situation, but then you must be able to design it, okay? So that automation can happen and it can increase productivity in systems like WMS and TMS or the warehouse management system. Right. Many parts of logistics planning can have decision automation. Right not just in planning, but also in picking and put away and many other sub processes. Mm -hmm. A system directed process is far more efficient and productive compared to, you know, letting people make the decision because we don't have that kind of memory nor capacity to process. The next step would be machine learning and then AI, which is the ultimate uh, part of this. That means that AI can now even uh, be almost like human. Right. A fully robotized or automated system, we can call that AI, okay? But for now, a systems directed high performance team would be the first step for developing countries. That's the kind of automation you would like. Mm -hmm. What you would want is there are no supervisors on the floor uh, giving directions. You would like the systems directing the people doing decision, automated decision or uh, decision automation. Mm. So that's where I'm looking at when it comes to what I've been doing the past few years. You know, I really appreciate your insights. With this rich experience as a logistics practitioner, uh, being on the ground, having a reality of how logistics and supply chain is in Southeast Asia, may I ask you then, where do you think the developing countries is heading in their supply chain. What is the future of logistics for these economies? It's quite tempting to say that developing countries will follow uh, a certain formula or format, whereby if we look at China or um, Singapore or uh, Hong Kong, or even Europe and North America, that we would be going into those same uh, logistics future as where they are today. Mm -hmm. I beg to differ, okay? The situations, as I said, there are three things that you have to consider. One is your geography. 
okay? Indonesia or the Philippines, these are archipelagic countries, meaning multitudes of islands, different transport, different storage decisions compared to Europe where it's a big land mass, okay? Uh, or North America or China for that matter, or even Australia. The solutions will be different. The um, costs factors are also different. Labor is a lot more affordable in developing countries. But how will this go? How will the future come about? I believe the first automation that would happen will be just on the systems, just on the WMS and the TMS. Mm -hmm. So that this has to be designed, okay? Mm -hmm. in, by a person who knows the system and the outcome you want to happen, not just your current physical uh, field processes or processes. This uh, is the temptation of a lot of companies. They get a WMS or a TMS, and then they try to create the existing process, okay? So that it fits into the WMS or the TMS. What would be a better approach is understand the power of the WMS and the TMS, what you have, and what's the output you require. And redesign the whole thing right. with the automated decision or decision automation in mind, mm -hmm. so that there will be less people, so that it is systems directed, and you proceed to going into, uh, hopefully, maybe in 10 years time, uh, AI. Mm. or shorter, hopefully. By then, once AI happens, then you reduce, depending on the cost, okay? As I said, it depends on costs, it depends on the um, geography and the demographics. Just to emphasize on this a bit. Yeah. The most modern and the biggest metropolis in the world is Tokyo and the Yokohama uh, suburbs. The population is about 38 million people in that metropolis. Mm -hmm. That Tokyo uh, metropolis with the suburbs is the biggest in the world. It's also one of the most modern. Mm -hmm. Okay. The next biggest is Jakarta or Greater Jakarta or what they call in Indonesia as Jabodetabek, which is uh, a mixture of several cities. Now, the population in that area the greater Jakarta is 35 million. The logistics, if you compare that, say, to Singapore would have 7 million people, totally different approach. Yep. The roads in Indonesia are really tiny. They're small. They're called rat roads or jalantikos. Mm. And these kinds of solutions that we're going to create is totally different. Okay, Just sheer population, how are you going to distribute? Okay, In just that, uh, greater Jakarta. The approach would be different. The solutions would be different. Even the laws are different. So geopolitical, economic, demographics, all of those things come into mind. Mm -hmm. But the basic understanding of transportation and warehousing is still the same. Mm -hmm. But when you do execute them, find the logic behind it so that you can have an, a systems directed or a decision automation. Right. so that you are more productive and efficient. Right. You know, as you were sharing, then I was just writing down some notes. And what you really clearly pointed out is the importance of cost, geography, and demographics to unlock the power of the systems, the power of the warehouse 
management system, the transport management systems. And I remember, you know, spending hours with you uh, unlocking the very power of the warehouse management systems that we have of Symphony in the projects that you handled in the, in the companies that you interacted with. And with that long history and a long um, experience on the ground, you know, Park, maybe, uh, then would you like to share with us, you know, in the whole climate that we're in today, in the year 2021, where we have just gone through the turbulent year of 2020, uh, how has your organization and the organizations that you interacted with, how have they adapted to this new climate that we're in today? In this, what we call the new normal, e-commerce and the last mile deliveries has increased tremendously, okay? Even in developing countries and in, in, in uh, developed countries, even more so with where they were before, okay? But most of, of all the logistics systems automation that has happened in the past is really just the basic, okay? If you want to go to the next level, okay, of uh, systems automation or systems directed operations, this is where the basics like WMS or your Symphony WMS and your Symphony TMS becomes very important because these are the backbone for this. Right. Uh, if companies imagine if you're delivering and you don't have automation that you can deliver to say an e-commerce company so you can supply your goods to the people without you know, bypassing even uh, retail stores, these are basic, right. okay? Whether you are in Indonesia or Singapore or anywhere else, the basic is you have to have the logistics systems required in a warehouse and in your fleet of trucks. So TMS and WMS, okay? Logistics productivity increases via systems automation. And it is now crucial to keep up with the demand with its capability to increase productivity, capacity and efficiency. So in this new normal, it is basically imperative now to have these systems. Right. You know, it, as you mentioned, we are living right now in the new normal and what that means for the logistic and supply chain uh, industry. What would you say to our listeners today? What are the biggest lessons that you have gleaned through this pandemic that you would like to share with the audience? Um, I'm quite lucky that before the pandemic, one of our projects in one of the companies that I served uh, uh, from uh, during the pandemic had what we call a business con continuity plan or program. This is BCP, okay? Business continuity is very, very important. Mm. DRP is the same, okay? Disaster recovery programs. We all know that people are key and they run the business, yeah. but they have to be ready for anything, okay? Well, except for Bill Gates, nobody predicted that this pandemic would happen again, yeah. because this has happened in the past many yeah. times, okay? But in our lifetime, this is the first time, okay? So BCP will ensure that we always have in place and be ready for the worst possible uh, disaster, whether it is man-made, natural, 
uh, disasters. Mm -hmm. So we have to be doing all of that. And we were lucky that we had this BCP in place. We knew exactly what would be the next thing that we need to do, mm -hmm. okay? We also followed what were the guidelines from the Indonesian government and from the World Health Organization. Okay. So we had a few drills and uh, some training, and we were able to create the, uh, the disaster recovery team and execute what was needed to be done. Immediately, uh, how do you call this? Gather the people, uh, instruct them, train them, washing hands, uh, keep distance, and basically uh, implement all the protocols that the government and the World Health Organization has established. We never know when the next pandemic, natural disaster, or major economic disruption can happen. Yeah. We also learned that when a disaster happens, like a pandemic, people or our employees are first, first to be protected, first to be assisted, and the rest will follow as they will protect your business. Right. If your BCP uh, plans are in place. Yeah. Next is protect your customers. Ensure that your customer service is agile, responsive, and ready. We did not lose customers. All of them reduced volumes because everybody was affected. But losing them, no. They decided to stay with us, okay? And the last one, after protecting the people, protecting your customer, the third one is protect the business. Right. Immediately find where to reduce cost. Right. Protect your cash flow. Cash is king right. uh, in a pandemic. Right. Be financially strong and resilient. So right. these are the things we prepared for and we learned more when the pandemic happened. You know, thanks for sharing that, Dan. As you were sharing about the BCP and the DRP, you know, I recall in my interactions with our clients and our ecosystem that some of our, our clients are actually experiencing high growth in this climate in terms of volumes, in terms of shipments, uh, in terms of the market demand. But some of our clients, however, also experience a slowing down in their growth due to the specific niche markets they're in. And in every pandemic in every new normal, there'll be uh, some that win more and some that will be uh, losing out. And especially when we talk about e-commerce, that is really a big boom in terms of volume and transactions and shipments. You know, how do you plan for such an uncertain times? And how do you continue to grow your business and improve it if you do not know how the demand will sway to the left or to the right? And how will you continue to a strong business for the future? Well, we actually experienced all of these things. And uh, in some sectors, we, we did not grow. In fact, there was contraction. Uh, who would want to buy a car or a motorcycle um, in 2020 when the pandemic hit? I mean, it was just basically those industries, the uh, transport and automotive industry just contracted, okay? Mm -hmm. But in other areas, like whether it's supermarkets or retail or food industries, well, they boomed, mm -hmm. right? So there are those that will be disrupted and there are those that are going to grow and grow really well, mm -hmm. okay? So the most important thing is know yourself, right. okay? Know your organization uh, strengths. 
focus on where you are good. Right. But also be adaptive, agile, and as trends and disruption will always happen. Mm. Anticipate and redirect the company as the situation dictates. Yeah. Okay. Like, okay, all our trucks in the automotive side will continue to serve them with the minimum requirements that they require, but then move a lot of these trucks to the fast moving consumer goods and in the food industry. Yeah. So those are the flexibility, the agility that you must have in this pandemic, which we did. Mm. Let's say you're a logistics company or a third party logistics uh, provider, have a balanced portfolio of customers in different industries. So we had that, we have customers in the electronics, we have customers in the food and beverage. So the food and beverage went up, okay? The electronics, well, for a short while they went down and they are now uh, on the growth. The transport or the automotive industry went down, the mining industry went down. So in other areas where we were strong, mm. we made sure we can grow with the customer as their uh, demand of the services increases, okay? So if one has a disruption in any of these industries, we had the capability to drive and survive in the other industries. Mm -hmm. So the only way to really grow and improve uh, the business is to be adaptive, mm -hmm. okay? To adjust to the situation mm -hmm. and anticipate mm -hmm. what are the needs of the customer. In the end, it is great customer service that will make us survive. Wow. Yeah, I think it's very powerful that you crystallize it to help us put into perspective that we really need to be uh, customer centric in all that we do, especially in times like this, to be agile, to be adaptive, and also to redirect our resources to where the opportunities lie. And now it brings me to my next question. Then what are some of the digital and automation tools that have helped you in your supply chain planning to keep this agility, to keep this adaptiveness and the redirection and planning of resources in order to stay competitive, in order to uh, react to the new demand. What are some of the tools, be it automation or be it digital tools that you have used and interacted with to keep up in this new climate and to poise ourselves better for the future? Um, maybe we should define what digitization and digitalizations are. Right? What's the difference between the two? Digitization is the conversion of analog to digital. That means from paper to paperless, which is basically uh, zeros and ones or bytes, okay? That means it's easily um, processed and uh, uh, you can easily uh, automate that, okay? Digitalization is the use of digital technologies. Okay. and digitize data, uh, that digitized data to impact how work gets done. Okay, mm -hmm. transform how customers and companies engage and interact and create new digital revenue streams. So you may have computerized, okay, but is that enough? That means you have from paper to paperless or from analog to digital, but that means you're just digitized. You need the tools. What are these tools? These are your handheld computers, okay? These tools are on the hands of your employees 
They're going around the warehouse, scanning barcodes, and their assignments are given to them via these tools. And reports are generated because they use these tools. Mm -hmm. You don't need an admin person or a director or a, <coughs> excuse me, a supervisor to tell them what next to do. The system cues the planned execution for each of these employees. Now, this is where automation happens in a developing country whereby people are now systems directed. We don't have the machines yet. You don't have the robots. You don't have the AI. But then this is where the developing countries must go within the next three years. Once they're there, the next step would be the real machine uh, learning and AI and full automation. Some tools that help me, okay, or the organization I serve are Symphony WMS. I've used your product in more companies Thank than you. I can remember right now, okay? Uh, we had a lot of uh, customers and we have uh, implemented this. Right. The most important thing to be able to be more efficient than a principal company who manages their own warehouse and transport fleet, and you approach them and you ask, hey, can I manage that for you? Is have the tools, okay? Get out of paper-based processes to paperless. That means digitize. And digitize by using handheld computers, okay? Or what we call in the industry as handheld scanners. They're not really just scanners. They are computers, okay? But more important is the proper processes and implementation of the systems are done. Don't just get a WMS and say, oh, we'll follow whatever process I have and we'll put that into the WMS. You have to create a process knowing the power of the WMS so you can do decision automation. Mm. Every employee in the warehouse that has digital equipment at hand or, or handled equipment, okay, can make your processes, your systems more productive, efficient, and ultimately accurate. Can you imagine you're just scanning with a barcode or using an RFID signal and will tell you how much exactly is your inventory. You don't have to go around and count using your paper and pencil. Understand that the proper system design and implementation will provide you with accuracy, visibility, productivity, and speed in execution. Mm. These are now expected by a lot of our customers. And this is a standard. If you're not yet there, consider this. Within the next two or three years, you'd be wiped out in the industry. You will not be able to um, be accurate or productive or competitive as a company. Yeah, I think that's really the reality that we are facing at the moment. And um, it's really a, a point where we are, the whole industry is just not in, just interrupted, but we are disrupted and things will never be the same from this point on. And we are continually evolving and moving. And I think what you have pointed out rightly is to really put in the consultancy and the processes to unlock the power of the systems. Well, thanks then for being on our show today. 
thanks for sharing your insights. Very valuable how you see the future of supply chain and logistics in our industry. Thank you. Thank you.